Corpses, all you boils and ghouls, and corpses crew, to another frightening episode <laughs> where you hear about what we did over our weekend because that's usually when we do all of our movie watching. And this one makes me feel like shit because <laughs> I can never, usually, I can never binge a whole TV season. Yeah, he's a in, wimp in one day because I feel like it wastes your whole day. I disagree. <laughs> and we started this one at like, eh, like three o'clock. Yeah, that was about what time we got home. Three. And I think I was up. I was up till like two thirty, three o'clock, finishing it. Yeah, I. Was you went like, to bed around. I went out for the count for the last episode because I had to buy. I had to go get groceries in the morning. I had a pickup time <laughs> schedule, and I couldn't change it. But the season that we. Binged. I can't believe that we binged all this and it's taking us so long to watch Mr. Mercedes. I know. No kidding, right? I think this, because this one became very enjoyable. It did, after a couple episodes. Because the first couple of episodes, I was like, this is shit. Well, I didn't think it was shit. I thought it was really cheesy. And it kind of retained its cheese throughout it. But it was cheesy 80s horror. They did it on purpose. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Like the whole opening when they're like introducing the characters was like... Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, we watched American Horror Story 1984, which I yep. did not think was going to be good at all. Because uh, after Freak Show, everything kind of went downhill. I didn't see Hotel. I've heard that Hotel's actually good, but Roanoke was terrible. Hotel was where they really pushed the envelope with uh sexuality and gore i think mm -hmm. because you had that whole homage of, what do you call those homage a or whatever oh. the i don't know it was like a, a menage sexy, a trois. it was a sexy vampire make out kill sex scene Fuck. yeah um yeah it's a menage a <laughs> <Rendezvous>. <laughs> you sound like that guy where you watched that shittiest documentary too on sunday uh um, i tapped out on that and how did he we all say renaissance just like that he was like renaissance yeah that's and i what was he like said. i'm gonna go get food i'm done <laughs> i wonder if that is actually the proper uh pronunciation i don't care i don't like it <laughs> the... renaissance i've not heard a single soul solitary soul in my life say that i should have known by the cover art of this documentary that it was going to be bad but i was like i'll give it a chance because I mean, it said nostradamus 2020 so I was like, did he predict this shit? That's but what I was wondering. It didn't tell you what he predicted at all. Through the, no, it, it's like. It was terrible. They basically it just, say. This guy just wanted to show his street photography. Yeah. It was like. With weird music and shit in the background and occasional <laughs> clip art and some weird facts about Nostradamus that I don't think he even knew about. Yeah, exactly. He never once really talks about many of the. Um, uh, he doesn't talk about any of them. Yeah, like well, he, he just like he does. touches on him. He does really quick. He like brushes over it. He predicted the Holocaust. And then he like, there's the longest pauses, and then just music. I feel like I, I felt like we were watching a like a 
Some kind of weird uh, Fantasia or something theme. from like, you know how Disney did that, but the, way lamer. Yeah. It's like music. Music. The music never stops throughout the whole documentary. Nope, it just Not plays once. on a loop. And it goes up and down. It, and you it, left me in there to watch it while you made mac and cheese. And then well, I was listening from the oh, okay. kitchen though, because I, the, I quickly you realized but you, you didn't don't see need the to screen. Like yeah, you well, weren't then, enduring the torture that was in front of my eyes. I know. And after after you left to go get yourself food, I was like ten more minutes. I was like, no. This is this is lame. Yeah, because you had changed it by the it's time like, I got home, and I was like, it's like it, everyone and their dog could make a documentary nowadays. So you really need to like. I've I seen some know. bad documentaries in my time, but that was the worst. That was the worst documentary I've ever. Well, yeah. I don't know, because then I put on a one that was about the homeless in L.A., and that was terrible. It was like this contains graphic content. Viewer discretion is advised. And like halfway through that one, I was like. Where was this graphic content at? And I, I quit that one. Sunday was like my day to sit on the couch and waste my fucking life on stupid movies. Like I did not I, go, do that. I went through probably five, five or six. I don't know. I never even found anything to watch. I came downstairs and started. I was like, like I was done. I was like, I'm going to go mow the lawn. I'm going to do something else. Yeah, I started sewing and like watching a decent TV show and enjoyed my Sunday evening. <laughs> Not me. I and was you like. you wasted yours away. Yeah, I know. I just got stuck on the whole watching, watching, watching. But um, <laughs> that being said, we did watch American Horror Story 1984 on Saturday, and it was quite enjoyable. Um, like we were talking earlier, we. We have our favorite seasons of American Horror Story. We got seasons that I've never even been able to finish because I just didn't get into them. Like, um, Roanoke was one. That's, That's the one with so Cuban Gooding Jr., bad. right? That Cuban Gooding Jr. So. It, it, yep, it did. Before he had his whole <laughs> thing. <laughs> um, but yeah, he was in it. And uh, that one. I remember we watched that one at my sister's because we used to get together and watch them. That was yeah, that was when we, we were did that with um, and um, Coven. You were taking me over there to like get to know your sister and her girlfriend. Yeah, um, and we were watching Coven, I believe, right? No, we were watching Roanoke. No, oh no, because I, I watched I guess, Coven without you. <laughs> so I watched Coven with my sister before yeah. you were in the picture. And then when and I then, joined, yeah, then we started Roanoke, and that was when, um, yeah. We would, you know, talk about it, watch it with him. It was cool. But we only made it, like, we halfway. Like, and and then, then I think all of us were like, like this thing, uh, let's find a different show to eat mac and cheese, dude. Yeah. And then after Roanoke, what was it? Oh. Um, I didn't even watch whatever came after Roanoke. No. So after Roanoke, um, hang on. Let's see. Let, I want to see, actually, every one of the things. Let's see. American Horror Story. So you got Murder House. I loved Murder House. Asylum. Is my favorite because Asylum. It's so gritty and dark. Well, you know how they um, put in characters yeah. and things of that nature, like um, in I do in really Coven they have like the witchy girl. What was her the one that murdered all those? I women. can't think. Marie. Something Lebeau. like that. It was played by Kathy Bates. I don't know. I don't know who's who. Kathy Bates played in the real, character. I don't know like the oh, actual yeah. names of who was who. I don't remember. 
Um, I liked Coven, but it wasn't like I really enjoyed it because I have Stevie Nicks, and I love Jessica Lange. Um, so all the seasons with Jessica Lange, I really enjoyed. But I do think that season two is probably one of my favorites. Well, the even though like while I watched it, like there were some episodes where I was like, like things that happened like were hard to like watch. And I binged um, season two like I had just gotten dumped, and it was my Christmas break, and I watched all of them, and I was like. Artistically, <laughs> season two is great because it's got really dark imagery in it. Mm-hmm. It, the whole set of that is based on Waverly Hills. I know. It's like so, and I had been there. I guess been you're back telling there, the audience, so. not me. I was like, Marcus, you've told me so many goddamn that's times. A, that's why I love that one. And uh, Coven was good. Freak Show was. Uh, there were really good episodes in that one, and then there were episodes I was like, Yeah, why? I agree. You know. Like, I love some of the characters in that one. I love, um, uh, Apparently he doesn't love some of the characters. No, um, I'm trying to think of the actor's name. He's in 1984 as well. Um, Brian, Brian Carroll Lynch or, uh, something. John like. Carroll John, Lynch. John Carroll Lynch, yeah. Um, he, he plays, the uh, the clown. Mm-hmm. In that one. Um, then you got, uh, Hotel, which was, it was okay. Uh, Roanoke, I never finished. I also did not watch Cult. I, oh, yeah. I didn't watch Cult either. I tried to get through Apocalypse, and that one was god-awful. I didn't watch that one. That one's like about there's a nuclear uh-huh. war or whatever that rains upon everybody. And they're and, all... It's and they like, like go back to Victorian times or something, don't kind they? Kind of. They, like, they all get into this uh, underground bunker, mm-hmm. which they're very like, we are proper and all this weird shit and rich people and stuff. I got like after, three episodes in and I was like, oh, I don't like, I'm not into this. Yeah. Like I said, after Roanoke, I kind of dropped off. So I had literally no hope for this. Yeah. So when we started watching... Um, oh, I do remember watching a couple episodes of Cult with you and that one really soured me. I was did like... Did we watch Cult? I don't yeah, think we did. The one, yeah, we did. Because um, that was, I think, the first season with Billy Lord. If not, it was the first one I remember her being in. And she was like... Her bro- it was like something with her brother, and the clown was in it, and it was a weird... Oh, that's right. It's all about the election and all that crazy yeah, shit. Yeah, and I didn't like that. Yeah, yeah. I, this story she was loses so her... weird. Yeah, yep, you're right. Like, okay. And I understand that it's American Horror Story, so the stories are gonna be weird, but like, I just... It wasn't catching, like... <sighs> You know how, like, a, a good book will have a hook? It hooks you in. Something that makes you stay, even when there's boring parts. Yeah. I didn't feel like there was a hook. Nothing hooked me in. No, and we didn't finish that one. I think I got halfway through it, and I was like, I just lost interest. But this one, I, like, just sat and watched and watched and watched. I was like, whoa. They're, maybe they got their game back in. Obviously, they did, because on IMDb, they got 8 out of 10. Mm-hmm. Rotten Tomatoes, 76, and... TV.com and 8.6. So well, you're irritated it, that you didn't have me guess, but... Well, you can't when the screen's right in I front of you. I could have not looked at it. We've changed the way we do our episodes now because it used to be that I had an iPad in front of me, and I didn't like that because Lacey could never see any of the things I was, like, referring to. So then I'd have to pass the iPad back. But now we do it in front of a computer. So, um yeah. You're not going to get any of the score guessings anymore. <laughs> that, that that belongs to the horror show of Mike and Joe anyways. Um, but 
it opens up, and when it opened up with the cheesy, gritty, like, 80s. And they're, like, doing, what is that called? Aerobics. Is it aerobic? Yeah. Yeah. But it's not just aerobics, y'all. It's it's 1980s aerobics. Okay. <laughs> no kidding. And thrust. <laughs> and hump. Uh-huh. That's kind of how, well, we'll get to that later um, in a separate episode. She actually, one of the characters does have a uh, freakish aerobics class. Um, but I thought when it opened up, I was like, okay. I didn't love the opening. I was like, mm. I was like, man, this is super cheesy. It, well, it was on the line of super cheesy and like not cheesy enough. I don't know if that makes any sense. It does 100%. It's like, it's not like percent. cheesy enough to laugh at, but it was pretty cheesy. And it was like, mm, I, uh, I don't know if I can get on board with this like one. It was like cheesy stupid. It was not like. Queso dip, delicious. Queso dip, delicious. Uh, Yeah, I very much know what you're saying. Um, I'm trying to look for the cast list on this one because you need to select the season that you're watching. Well, I do. American Horror Story. One ninety four cast because there's not a lot of familiar faces to me. Yeah, it's not going to come up. It's got everybody. I'll find it on my phone. I know how to do it. Yeah, you find it because I'm obviously I do that when I look up. up stuff about Grey's Anatomy because if you don't look, you got to be real fucking careful because there's 8,000 seasons. But it it actually doesn't open up with a Pilates, or not a Pilates class, I, um, what was that stuff called? Uh, aerobics. aerobics. They said it a thousand times. How do you not know what it's I called? I don't know. It oh. opens up with a killer threesome. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's basically you got. It's like. We but go it was back, like teenagers and like it like I don't know. I was like. Mm. It's like the seventies is because that's what it's putting forth. It's like it it follows Friday the Thirteenth lore like to the T, man. And that's what they the whole show kind of follows nineteen eighties horror. 1970s horror and 60s, 70s, and 80s true crime. Yes. Which is cool because you get a lot of uh, neat, if you're a horror fan, neat references and things I've of got that nature. The cast for you. Oops, I didn't mean to bash my phone in there. Emma Roberts, Billy Lord. You know who Billy Lord is, right, Marcus? No. Montana. But you know whose mom, whose daughter she is? Uh, I don't. Um,. I'm never good with uh, cast and characters. So Montana, her mom is, um, uh, oh my God, I can only think of her last name. I literally just had the most massive brain fart, Princess Leia. Oh, really? Yeah. Carrie Fisher. Yep, yep, you're right. That's her mom. ah, You know, the more I look at her right now, it's like, yeah, yeah, you fit. Yep. Perfectly. She she could play uh, Princess Leia in a... She could. Watch the reboot Star Wars. The remake she actually, this series. you know how her mom her mom died, and they were making the last one. They actually used her for some of the um, parts. Really? Yep. And they did like overlay on her face and stuff. She she's the innocent one. Billy Lord, she plays Montana. Or, or no, no, she's she's the Emma the, Roberts. Emma plays Ro- the innocent the, one. Yeah, she plays the uh, kooky. 
aerobics, aerobics sex craze. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Then we have Leslie Grossman, I believe is her name. She plays Margaret, the crazy Jesus lady. Then we have Cody Fern, who plays Xavier. Um, Matthew Morrison, who plays um, Trevor Kirchner. Kirchner. Um, Gus Kenworth plays Chet Clancy. And then John Carroll Lynch plays Mr. Jingles. Angelica Ross plays Nurse Rita slash Dee Dee. Um, so the I interesting thing is, is we have three bad characters in this. We've got John Carroll Lynch who plays Mr. Jingles. Who plays... Richard Ramirez. Yeah. Zach Villa. Via. He pulled that off so well. He really did. I'm looking at his cast because I don't I don't recognize him from anywhere. What what's this guy been in? I didn't recognize him, but I knew exactly who he was playing. Remember? Because I was like, okay, Richard Ramirez. A bunch of weird <laughs> movies I've never seen, but yes. He even gets like the facial expressions right. Like, Everything. He he kills it yeah. by playing that character. In fact, I would put him as the number one actor in this film. I really agree. Like, 100%. He he gets that character arc so well. He gets the the development. the And what they did that was really awesome was the research they went in and did of uh, Richard Ramirez. Mm -hmm. Was just, I was like, really? That and he <laughs> was active between June 1984 and August 1985. Yeah, and the time frames all fit. So it's really cool how they kind of Put everything together basically you have it opens up just like Friday the 13th mm -hmm. the very first one where someone kills all the camp counselors yeah we don't know who this someone is but it come to fig find out it gets uh, we figure out mm -hmm. I, I'm air quoting here Oh, it's Mr. Jingles that killed all of these kids, and he's called Mr. Jingles because he's the caretaker of the camp, and he has all the keys, so he jingles everywhere he goes. Mm -hmm. um, you figure out later in the story that there's kind of a side twist that I don't want to... Well, I guess we're going to have to give it away anyways because we're talking about the whole thing, mm -hmm. but Mr. Jingles is, boom, like the main villain the first half of the season. Then you get Richard Ramirez that comes in like he's in there like season the first... not season he's episode in... like three yeah well he's in episode one but only but as... he doesn't become prevalent until about episode three yeah so he ends up stalking um, Emma Roberts yeah, character Brooke Brooke and she's like I survived the Night Stalker but he's like I'll be back for you and he's very. Like, at that moment, you don't know what's Richard Ramirez. I did. I didn't, because I didn't know. <laughs> oh. Like, I'm not huge into that lore. I don't know a ton about him, but I knew immediately. I was like... Well, that was, like, one of his nicknames was the Night Stalker. Mm hmm And I didn't, I didn't know that. I was like... Because... He's the reason ACDC got pegged as satanic. Because <laughs> he left an ACDC hat behind at one of his... That's why he got the name the Night Stalker. Really? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't know a lot about him, but I know that stuff. And he, I knew he was super into Satan. So when I saw a um, reasonably handsome Hispanic man say, "Hail Satan," I was like, oh, "Okay." Yeah, in season one, and mm -hmm. I was like, 
Because that was one of the big things. Is a lot of women were like, "There's someone that killed people." I didn't know, like, because I'm not huge into true crime Mm -hmm. serial killers. Like, they interest me. Claim to know very much about Richard Ramirez. Yeah, I think that's one you just we haven't done. But my mom lived in California when he was active. We should do some research and do an episode on Richard Ramirez. Because he freaked my mom out big time. She, I think he he she was right in the age range of women he was killing yeah, like he's, the first couple victims. He's kind of the equivalent of um what's his butt that they never found the Zodiac killer. Yes. Where it was like reeking like a crime spree and he havoc. He actually that, very he very much so reminds me of the Golden State killer mm. who was also the original Night Stalker. But when I who first was just sentenced. When I first seen him on screen, I was like are they like going for something historical here? Like it got my brain oh, moving. Yeah. Then by like episode two, I was like, "Oh, it's Richard Ramirez." <laughs> but it's a fictitious account with very, very in-depth but just historical like all, context. Like anytime they add in a character that's yeah. actu- that's a real person, they always do that. They've done it multiple times. Yeah. But I, I, I like that they stayed true to his past. Mm-hmm. Um. There's they even kind of got his capture somewhat correct as well. Yeah. A wee bit. A wee bit. It's exaggerated, obviously. But. Oh yeah. But he comes in because later on we figure out he's actually working for Satan? No. Oh, Montana. <laughs> he is fully working. Air quotes for Satan because he's like, This is I'm doing this for Satan. Mm-hmm. But Montana, you figure out that Montana actually hires not hires influences Richard Ramirez to go after Brooke mm-hmm. because Brooke had a wedding in the season where she is at the altar that's what they call them, right? The altar, mm-hmm. whatever, and uh, she ends up. Like, she's there. Ask she's the got this really jealous, possessive... Creepo. Of fiance. a husband. Well, yeah, fiancé, not a husband. They didn't even make it to marriage. And he, like... Long story short, basically, he had spied on her the night before their wedding. And she's just a worry war about everything. Mm-hmm. And you figure that out throughout the season. She worries about everything. She's like me. Yeah. So she's like, <laughs> goes to his best man and asks, will you just stay the night on the couch? I can't be with him the night before the wedding, but I don't have anyone else. I don't like to be alone in my apartment. I'm a woman in the 80s. Makes and so sense to like, me. He's like, yeah, bro. <laughs> well, this that scene surprised me. He basically fucking. The, it surprised me, but I was like. At the altar, it's like, I've seen what happened. She's like, no, nothing happened. And the best man's like, I slept on the boom. <laughs> Shoots him right in the head. Then everyone scatters and, oh, no, he kills her father mm-hmm. as well. And then he offs himself. Yeah. And that's where you figure out that uh, Montana. It was her brother. Her brother. Now, I don't know how. Here's the confusing part to me. Okay? The little, like, mm, what? 
She was marrying her brother. She didn't know Montana. No. She was marrying the the um best man was the brother. Oh, is that yep. was it what Oh, okay. Yep. That I didn't catch on that. I thought she, her Mm-mm. brother gotcha. Yep. Okay. There you that go. makes sense cuz I was like no way in hell. But no, okay. Can I tell you something gross sense. about this Cayman Jack I'm drinking? Uh, it, it tastes like soap because I, I must have left too much soap on the bottle <laughs> when I washed it. So I know there's no COVID on it, but man, does it taste like shit? <laughs> <laughs> it tastes bad. <laughs> you, you're doing like an accent from like a. a uh, what kind of accent were you trying like to a, throw out there? I wasn't doing it on purpose, but it was like a Hispanic accent. No, that didn't sound Hispanic at all. Oh, I thought that I sounded like um, <laughs> one of those weird European nations. But as the season progresses, you start to get uh, so there's a lot of like side plots going on because we were talking. We we're I think like, it's how are they? Story. Right, but we were talking because by season three or episode three, you're still in the same night. And we're mm-hmm. like, how are they gonna do? Are they gonna do a whole season about one night? Which, and they, they... on one hand, would be cool because think about a whole night lasts twelve hours potentially. And in what do you mean movies, potentially? <laughs> well, it depends on how quickly everybody dies. And um, and in horror movie, you get an hour and a half to watch an entire night of killing. So I was like, okay, that could be interesting, but it could also be very drawn out. So I was like up in the air about it but it's not what happened no because it does the there's there's a like time jumps. it's like the first half is the night plus previous or uh plus flashbacks flashbacks and then the last what three four episodes like four, four are or five actually 1988 i believe 1989 89 yep. yeah they go forward more and Everything starts to compile, but you start to figure out that if you die, if you are killed in this camp, there's some sort of curse here that keeps you there. Yeah. And we figure that out. Only re- within the camp boundaries. Yes. And we figure that out really quick because as they're driving to the camp, they've all decided, let's go to this camp. We'll get out of town. We'll become camp counselors for the summer. And I was like, you guys are all like 30 fucking years old. <laughs> they don't look 30 to me. Oh, I thought they all I thought they did a good old. job of making them look like early 20s oh. people. I think because I just knew. <laughs> I don't know if that makes any sense. That you knew their actual ages? Yeah. Oh. Maybe. I thought they did a good job of like the whoever was in the makeup and wardrobe department did a good job of making them look 80s and making them look younger. I'm telling you, Montana looked like my mom. If, if her hair was a tad bit curlier, that is what my mother what looked your mother like, looked like in the 80s when the Night Stalker was killing people. <laughs> um, she was even that tiny well, and would and dressed like that. That is straight up what my mother looked like. I hope she didn't behave that way, but. <laughs> well, who knows? And Emma Roberts is related to Julia Roberts. Emma Roberts plays uh, the bad chick. What's her name? Right? Or who's Emma Roberts playing in this? Brooke. No. Oh, yeah, you're right. Oh, my God. God. I get, dude, God, I get characters so... He cannot so... tell. He thinks all girls look the same. I know. Because <laughs> the last... Who's playing the bad girl? 
Montana, Billy Moore. No, no, the camp owner. Oh, that's uh, Margaret. Her name's uh, Leslie Grossman. Okay. We all know this. We're so we got to make shirts. <laughs> One of them is Marcus can't pronounce anything, and also Marcus can't tell white girls apart. <laughs> Because you straight no, up I am, cannot. I am just very terrible with characters in general. But like, I'm like, I what always... are you picturing in your head when you're getting these all jumbled? Like, I don't know. I just, because in my it's brain. Like, there's so many characters in In my there, brain, like, they're like on flashcards with a brief synopsis about them and some of their key elements that I remember. And, and in your brain, brain it's more just than, like soup. If there's more <laughs> than three characters. There's more than three women. Marcus cannot it's, figure it's it out. Worse than, <laughs> it's worse. It's like when you put crackers in soup. The crackers every, Yeah. <laughs> every character would be a cracker, but they slowly just melt together. All, to you, know that, you know how crackers get all goopy? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Is and, that what you're saying? Yeah, okay. and then it's just like one thing of like fucking goopy gross cracker. salty sodium cracker. Mm, that's how I like my <laughs> that's, soup. That's what happens to my character. Like, Not that's mine. Why, my, my that's shit's why I like you organized. being in, in charge of the characters. <laughs> I can't remember names for shit usually, but they're all in there. <laughs> and I'm like, what? No, hang on. Is this lady... Um, That's how I can follow along to a story when I'm not even in the room. Because <laughs> I wasn't even in the room for some of the episodes. I was cooking dinner and shit, and I still was like, okay, so this is what's going on. Yeah. And then you're like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's the same thing with Hell on Wheels. I knew exactly what was going on because I was just listening to voices. No, I followed all the characters on Hell on Wheels oh, okay. really well. I uh, So with, with characters and things... <clears throat> Excuse me. When Marcus wants to fuck him. What are you talking? I didn't want. I didn't want to <laughs> fuck Colin Bohannon. Come on, man. You're lying. Who doesn't want to fuck Colin Bohannon? <laughs> Not me. Okay. <laughs> there are many other women in that series that were. That was actually what I was making reference to because there's lots of women. Yeah, but with their tits galore. That writing it was done so well and. I don't even want to get into it. I I could follow all the characters in that. This one, eh, the characters, it's just everything happens too fast for me. To where I'm like, I can't keep the character names straight. Like, I know, actually, now that we're thinking about it, I don't know any of their names. I know Brooke. You know Richard Ramirez, because he's a serial killer. And I know Mr. Jingles. The rest of the names, I don't know. I know the characters, though. But I have to describe them as the black doctor, who's not a doctor. <laughs> Nurse Rita slash DD slash Donna. Yeah. So how can you do that? I'm like, God, what was her name again? Like, I know mm -hmm. what they did, but I got to explain characters with, like, what they look like. And you're just like, Nurse Rita slash Donna. Slash blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I can't remember. So I'm bad with characters. So Marcus is a brain soup. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is so gross. There's like goop at the bottom of this thing. At the bottom of the beer? Yeah. Ew. That's nasty. Yeah. Anyways. Where like were we? Um, I don't know. There's all these character arcs that are going on. You have... Margaret, who goes from being a re religious woman. You have Margaret that's basically the equivalent of Mr. Uh, well, no, because then you have another character. 
you think of her as almost being Miss Voorhees, but she's not. Margaret. I thought of her more like Ned Flanders. Yeah, Margaret turns out to be a religious nutbag, and then she. She all no. She shows her true colors later on. Mm-hmm. And she's a fucking cunt. But then there's <laughs> Mr. Jingle's mom. Mm-hmm. Who's also this ghost? Who's an evil character? That's more Mrs. Voorhees. That yeah. But at first, I with um. Uh, what was it? The camp woman. Margaret. Margaret. Gotcha. She reminded me of Mrs. Voorhees at first because she kind of was like staunch. And I was like, maybe she has something like it says she went to the camp. She was like, oh, yeah, I survived that night. But I was like, maybe it was like her daughter got killed and she's just playing along or something. I did think that those flashbacks of the girls at the camp were creepy with adults playing them. Which ones? Like with Margaret, when she's like playing herself with pigtails. Oh, yeah, where she's way younger. But like still looks like she's in her 40s. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, creepy. They even, uh, they do a re-shoot and it's basically Friday the 13th, number one. Mm-hmm. Where the boat's going along and Jason Voorhees comes out of the water. But that's a little later. That's like episode eight. Yes, you're right. Well, no, because yep. this was it's only like eight. nine episodes, right? Yep. So was it? It was episode eight. It was the one before the one. <laughs> <laughs> but... The one before the one. <laughs> <laughs> I can't talk about a whole TV series anymore in one episode because I'm so no, lost. We should never talk about a whole TV series <laughs> in one episode. It was good. Go check it out. See you later. <laughs> um, we should probably split it into like three episodes in the future. But, I'm like, le- I didn't realize well, how I, far back I was leaning. I was I, like super comfy and I'm like, man, I'm really quiet. <laughs> I totally agree, but we just binged this randomly. Yeah, because we've been trying to watch Mr. Mercedes to do an episode on it, and it's taking us a year. But 1984 and took us through, one night. We got through it in an hour. Basically. And the episodes are 45 minutes, so we were <laughs> fast. No wonder I can't cover any of the <laughs> fucking characters or what's going on. Actually, probably the reason you can't, you could probably recite the commercials with no fucking problem, Hulu. Yeah, I'm calling your fucking ass out. But, Carvana. <laughs> oh, my. E-Harmony. Adam and Eve. Get a dick milker. What? <laughs> <laughs> do you not remember that? <laughs> I do, but... Jesus Christ. The commercials are fucking ridiculous, man. And there's a lot of them, and they are the same commercial. Every, like, ten minutes, there's a commercial. Or less. Back to the story, though. It's the fucking worst. <laughs> no, the story's good. No, but the commercials, oh my god. Are bad. But you have three, You have four different... Uh, there was like an hour of commercials total, I bet. She's like, I don't want to even talk about the show anymore. Sorry. I just okay. want to talk about the horrible commercials. Go on, Marcus. You have four different evil characters. One falls off from being evil, though, and that's Mr. Jingles. Yeah. He he's evil, but he's set evil. up. Mm-hmm. And the three others, they stay pretty fucked up. Mm-hmm. Who's your favorite out of the three, four of those? Um, I like really did like Mr. Jingles. Richard Ramirez was cool too, like in the 
way he could be cool. I like um, how John Carroll Lynch with uh, Mr. Jingles mm-hmm. was able to portray such an evil person. Oh, such a nice guy. But then all of a sudden, he's like, he kind of reminded me of, um, oh, shit, uh, John Wayne Gacy. In the beginning? Well, throughout it, because it's could like. play a good John Wayne Gacy. I thought of more of like a cuddly teddy bear when he realized he wasn't like, a oh, bad yeah, dude. John Wayne Gacy's just this funny clown that plays oh, at parties. Because he's like, he did heinous acts, but then there's like parts of the story where he's just like, when it progresses, he gets away from the murder and everything. And he's mm-hmm. just like this guy in a video store. Yeah, I did really like him. Um, I am going to say that uh, Leslie Grossman, her acting was superb because I hated her character. She was so annoying and the worst. <sighs> so she was a good villain. You will not drink alcohol. You will not procreate. 8.30 is, is lights off. I'm going to turn the lights off at 8.30. <laughs> yeah, she's like the mom that ruined everything Seriously. As a kid. I... Like, she doesn't want sex. She doesn't want fucking masturbating. She wants a place for kids to come to be pure. We all have that one friend that was like, when sleepovers were scheduled at their house, you're like, oh, no, not that mom. I think that was my mom until I was a little bit older. And then people were like, yeah. Let's go to Lacey's house. My parents were the complete opposite. They were like, you guys do whatever you want, That which they shouldn't have done. <laughs> that's how my, my mom, like, t- my mom did like a 180. Like, that's how she was at first, was like, people didn't want to come over because it was like, we had to be hush-hush by a certain time. I never wanted to be home. And then I hit like teenagers and she was like, ah, fuck it. I don't give a shit. Yeah. And my parents were always like and that. And she was like, and like, she was like, be bad. But I, I had this friend, Colin, and his parents were really cool. His dad was, like, a mountain man reenactment guy. He would, like, put teepees up in his backyard, and we'd sleep in them and stuff. Mm-hmm. But they were also very strict. Like, okay, now, you're all in the teepee, and you need to be sleeping, okay? It was like, sure, we're all having a good time saying ghost stories. No ghost stories. Go to bed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's how my parents were. Like, my mom would, like... Because they let me have sleepovers really early, like like stri- like in kindergarten. My brother wasn't allowed to have sleepovers till, like, he was in, like, sixth grade. But they would, like, send me off to my friend's house. And my mom's always like, do not stay up late. And she'd give me all these rules. And I was like, mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. And then, like, I would get to my friend's house, and we would, like, do whatever the fuck we wanted because it was <laughs> a cool sleepover. I remember my friend Bailey and I... Um, we, we would set up a bunch of pillows at the bottom of her stairs and then we would ride like blankets and pillows down the stairs, like a cool slide. It hurt your ass, but it was fun. (laughs) (laughs) You know who my favorite character in this whole film is? Who? Or this whole TV series? Same difference. It's a nine hour movie. The, no, it's longer than that. Well, no, probably about nine hours. You're right. Um, the cook. Birdie. Um, Birdie, yeah. Birdie's so funny. And she's got, like, very limited role in it. But the role that she does play, she pulls off very well. I feel like well. I could play a good Birdie. Uh, fat cook. Who fat, nasty is cook. old and 
Gross. But, but still, but like... But fucking badass and almost kind of sexy. Yeah, because yeah, she's like... That. Yeah, who, who says that? Um... One she of the starts characters, banging it, shit. Oh, Xavier's like, yeah, I could get that. And she's like, you wouldn't know what to do with it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and she's like the cook. She's got like a big old nasty mole and she like just looks like she smells like a fucking like cigarettes and beans. But she's also got like a heart of gold because there's a scene where um, Miss the Jingles comes through the camp mm-hmm. and um, one of the characters is hiding underneath the uh, table. Mm-hmm. And she, he comes in, and she's so calm. She's like, I'm just about to stop making peanut butter and jelly. I know how you like it without the crust. And he doesn't want to kill her at all until he finds out that she's hiding one of them. I can't remember which one's under the table. Xavier, because he Is puts it him Xavier? in the oven. Oh, I didn't, yeah, yeah, I didn't see right. the episode, but I know about it. Again, I was literally listening while I cooked tacos. And then Xavier gets out, but he ends up. I really didn't like Xavier's character in the beginning. I was like, you're really fucking annoying. And by the end, I was like, I could hang out with you and watch RuPaul's Drag Race. I feel like you would enjoy that. But he's not gay. Mm-hmm. He's a queen if I've ever seen one. Well, in <laughs> his character... I was like, oh, mama. Because everyone has like something they're running from, too. Mm-hmm. Xavier's running from he does gay porn. Mm-hmm. because Not because he's gay, but he wants to get stardom. Well, the guy like kind of took him under his wing and cleaned him up and was like, if you do this... And he was a drug addict before. Yeah. He's like, I found you in the streets with a needle in your arm. But I was like, that's fucked up, Mr. Drug Addict Gay Man. <laughs> but, okay, Daddy, the, as he like to be called. My actual favorite character is our fucking athletic director. What was his name? <gasps> Trevor. Yes. I really like Trevor, too. Trevor's the With a giant dick. Yes, because he's like, Xavier's like, I, I don't want to go back to that life, but I can find someone else, a replacement for you that's way better. better. And they go to like that people. He's like, that's not a penis. That's a an I act of God. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, I want to see this fake penis. Like, I wanted it to be like, what is that show? He's basically John Holmes, man. No, that what's that movie? Boogie Nights. John Holmes. Oh, is that his name? Yeah. Oh, I guess it, in my head Mark I'm like, Wahlberg. it's Mark Wahlberg. Mark Wahlberg was a porn star. See, I can remember my um, characters when it's only dudes. Fuck um. <laughs> No, but like at the end when they show that fake peen, that peener. Oh, and it's like digitally it, created. Yeah, it's so I was bad. like hoping that like there would be, but obviously they can't. That's such a good movie. It is a good movie. That's a way I good should movie. be Roller Girl for Halloween. <laughs> she has, she like fucks Mark Wahlberg with her roller skates on. That's like on par with other like dramas like Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah. Where you see the downplay of someone and mm-hmm. the destruction of their from their fame and. Yep everything but it's really good um he, but trevor trevor's great because he's like got these one-liners and things that he just comes out with it's so funny and he's like he, and he, looks... fa- he falls in love with uh with montana with, yeah with montana who finally realizes that richard ramirez is crazy. a serial killer and then she i calls... like how they they end up meeting when she's teaching one of her Aerobics classes. Sexual aerobics classes. Billy Idol in the background. Yeah. And she's like, and thrust. And one of her, like, people or students is like, why do we have to listen to this shit? Can't you play something fun like Cindy Lauper? (laughs) 
But the whole way they meet is like he kills that guy. And yeah. Hangs him from the with his roof, fucking and guts they, hanging they out. like fuck to that. So everyone's kind of evil in this too. There's so many weird character. The characters like become they're good at first, they become evil and good again. I guess this whole story is about redemption, kind of. Yeah. And finding yourself. I would say so. And if you don't, you get stuck. I in am going to tell you though, the um that Richard Ramirez. He was not that big of a Billy Idol fan. And I was going to say, I didn't think so. He was a huge ACDC fan, big Black Sabbath, and Judas Priest. That's right, because when they're coming, when they, when everyone's killed at mm-hmm. the camp, and the camp becomes a, a nostalgic thing again, and they're mm-hmm. all ghosts, and they're all pissed, and they're killing all the ghost hunters that come through, and blah, blah, blah. Um, what's her butt decides... She becomes like a real estate mogul and she Margaret. buys up all these creepy properties. And she's like, We're buying the camp. He did like Billy Idol. It just wasn't his favorite. But he, in the uh, TV show, it's like, I'll kill everyone but Billy Idol. Yeah. Can't kill Billy Idol. Oh, this is the questionnaire that they had up at the Museum of Death. Hmm. If he was an animal, he would be a Tyrannosaurus Rex. That's what he said. Who? Uh, Richard, Richard Ramirez. Ramirez. Yep. Favorite singers. Oh, oh is this yeah. the one that I seen with uh, John Wayne Gacy as well? Yeah. He had that So he had well. this questionnaire. His favorite songs are, I can't read. Oh, it just says uh, Led Zepp, Black Sabbath, Iron Maiden, Metallica, Ozzy, ACDC, and Billy Idol. So he did like Billy Idol, but um, he got his name because ACDC had that song Night Prowler and he left the ACDC hat behind. Um, his hobbies were slicing and dicing and spicing up rump roast. He, he also says. got... I did, like, his favorite meal is women's feet. <laughs> That's what he said. Ideal, he had a fucked up childhood. Ideal evening. Full moon, sex, and drugs all night. <laughs> um, my biggest regret, not carrying a gun at all times. If I were president... I'd rule with an iron fist and rock hard dick. And a rock hard dick. <laughs> he writes in cursive. It's kind of hard to read. Oh. What I don't like about people. Everything 99% of the time. People suck and I like most women though. My biggest fear. Nothing. Yeah, but he was a rapist. Yeah, he fucking was. How do you like women and rape them? Well, that's why he raped them. He I think he liked, liked pussy. Them. But not people, like not them as people. Um, religious thinking, satanic evil motherfucker. What are you thinking now? Can I suck your toes? <laughs> <laughs> Sexual likes, dislike. I wonder if this was like, was this given by a female, like interviewing him? Um. Oh, I could. They had it written down here. Like I'm like sitting and trying to read his fucking cursive, and they have like it translated at the bottom. <laughs> um. I don't know what. Let's see. During this time, behind bars, he was never. At one point, someone sent Ramirez a friendship question. Oh, it's just somebody sent him a friendship questionnaire. Um, like something you would send to a pen pal, and he filled it out, and that's why I was at the Museum of Death. And somebody apparently sent one to John Wayne Gacy. I wonder if they were the same person. <laughs> Probably, because that's like like the exact same one. It is. It literally is the exact same one. Um, I think John Wayne Gacy's talks about uh, 
politics a little bit though yeah i think richard ramirez was like <laughs> i'm gonna answer this shit stupid but also like secretly he was like mm-hmm. i do have a rock hard dick you know what was scary about gacy's when we seen it at the museum of death hmm. is how normal it was yeah he was like i really like kfc nothing was crazy about and I'm it i'm a republican and I don't I, no, I don't think he was. I think he was actually a Democrat. I can't yeah. remember what he said he was. I can't, literally can't remember. Um, but he just, it was like very straightforward. Like Richard Ramirez's was like. So Gacy's was but like But I think that shows their personality. And Ramirez was like a teenager. Like a teenage boy. Stuff. Yeah. yeah. It shows the maturity level, even in a serial killer. Favorite thing about this whole series though, American Horror Story, um, 1984. Actually, the ghosty thing. Mine was the soundtrack. <laughs> uh, well, I knew that. I knew yours was the soundtrack for sure. I loved it. Um, I did because, like, I really, I mean, obviously, like, true crime, so I enjoyed that side of it. But I like American Horror Story because of the, um, like, occulty, Added. spooky, creepy, weird, like, supernatural stuff. Um, Does this one rank up with your favorites or no? It, no. No. So it's still flat. For no, you. I enjoyed. I would say I enjoyed it more than Freak Show. I would but say I enjoyed than, this. I I didn't less than season two and Freak Show, or less than le, less than season two because that's Asylum and Coven. I like those, and then this one, and then probably, um, uh, like Murder House, and then um, Freak Show, and then all the other ones. Stop, Dick. R- Richard. Ramirez I like Asylum, and then I like Murder House, and then this is now my third. The thing with Murder House that I had a hard time with was what's his bucket's character raping the mom, and I know that was like a. I have to rewatch that was, it. I felt I like remember. that was a Rosemary's Baby thing, but I uh, rode the struggle bus with that. Just because I don't find like even like no matter what the cinema like whether it's a movie or it's true crime, like I don't find like rape something that should be written in. I don't know. Like I know that's weird because I'll like watch shit about murder all day every day, but like rape is such a horrible thing because you live like if unless they kill you, you live through that and the trauma that that would like you would experience from that. So I don't know. Like for me. I've That's never really found, hard. and this is interesting because I've never found a male subject that has said what you said. It's mm-hmm. always females that find rape scenes very hard to watch. Well, probably because. Well, hang on. Not that men can be raped, but I think women are raped in really malicious, like very, like, I don't know, like in in movies and TV and stuff. It's all it's always women depicted in these really grotesque that's not true terrifying thing we watched well, a film i know we did but he enjoyed the rape halfway through <laughs> i'm not like keanu reeves you suck my cock <laughs> but like a lot of times these women are and it like i just i don't know no, like, no I, the, I get it i just find it interesting because most and men can men, totally be men, raped men in the same way men who are into crime and horror yeah. i don't ever find them being very like affected by a rape scene like they can be i i have been i've watched rape scenes in movies like um the last house on the left was one mm-hmm. that was like oh man but it it's way it affects women a lot more but then i guess my question is is why is it that rape affects you so much 
but the ultimate crime of murder doesn't affect any of us when we see it on screen. Because when you're dead, you're dead. So, <laughs> if you live through rape, like let like the psycho but the do you think psychological you... factors after like being sexually assaulted and raped and stuff is like really traumatic for anybody. But like, do you do you also think it could be like? I know it affects women more than men. Like I've just seen that in mm-hmm. in its own aspect. But do you do you think if and this would be very bad, but I think like for murder and horror movies, it doesn't affect any of us. Like it doesn't affect me anymore unless it's super grotesque. And I think it's because I'm super desensitized to it. Mm-hmm. So do you think if there was more rape in movies, you'd become desensitized? I don't know. I was like, okay, so I guess when like this, it's not right. I'm just, I'm not like saying let's put more rape and horror. Like, no. I think because it's kind of taboo to put it into like anything. Yeah. Like it's hard to watch, so it's not common that you see it. And like, okay, I'm I get freaked out about like thinking some man is gonna come break into our house and like, and I'm always like, and kill me. But I also think I also always go rape and then kill me rape and then kill because that's the torture part from from like 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 somebody like richard ramirez the torture aspect was him raping the women Mm -hmm. and they had to endure that torture and then be murdered and that's literally torture like it's i've read that it's incredibly painful obviously for a variety of reasons because your body is reacting in certain ways and I don't know. I don't want to ever know how either one of them feel. I don't want to be murdered and I don't want to be raped. Well, I don't either. But like that's like that's something that scares me and like I like like when I I remember this one night I went out to a club and I remember this guy like was like trying to grind on me and I was trying to get off and he literally pulled my hips into him so hard and I was so uncomfortable and I just wanted to get away from him. Like but and he would not let me go. Yeah, I think men do it in a very physical way. Yeah. And I think women do it in a very mental way. I agree. And so I think, like, the physical thing to me, like, that's very scary. And so when I see that, on like, in Murder House, like, that really freaked me out. Like, I, I don't know. I just didn't like it. Like, knowing that that's what he did. So what rape scene in a film affected you the most? Like, is there one that you just could not watch? No. Because, like, I hear about it, like, daily almost because I listen to so many crime podcasts. Like, I hear about it a lot. But I always just think, like, because it's usually women that I hear about it. And I always think, like, oh, my God, that poor woman. Like, what was she going through? Like, I've just been listening to this thing about the Golden State Killer. Um, and, you know, the original Night Stalker, he was, you know, he had a couple different names. And that's, he started out raping women. And then it went to, and it was like very sexual torture. Like he broke into their house a couple days before and would like hide tools that he was going to use on them in like their couch cushions and stuff or under their beds. And then he would come back and had all of it readily available. I wonder if that's what the toolbox murders is based on. Maybe. I don't know. But that really freaked me out. Like to think like... And and they couldn't, you know, he moved around and was in, like, different counties, and that's why he had different names, and he, like, killed and raped in different times. But he started out as just a rapist. Mm. And some of his victims are still alive. But then he moved on to killing. And he didn't just move on to killing women. 
he moved on to killing couples and he would like rape the woman and like to torture the man and then he would kill them both like that was part of torturing the husband was raping his wife right. while Twist, the husband couldn't do anything twisted fuck man. yeah so like so i've been listening to that and that really like i really have a hard time with that but it's like it's also just like factual like i'm listening to it i'm like wow what a horrible fucking person and these women who are so strong that like can come tell their stories and there was like one couple that survived and they're still together and like they've both been through lots of therapy and they were talking about their story and like i thought it was really powerful and so like yeah it's really horrible and like i have like i don't like watching it on screen like period but it's also just kind of factual i don't know if that makes any sense no it does like i'm not i'm definitely not desensitized to it but i can hear about it okay well i just think and no one it's i definitely think i'm a little desensitized to murder because we watched like this it was like i got to a point where i was like oh my god you're actually gonna gut this person again Which is horrible. Like, I was like, I'm so sick of seeing people's intestines. Oh, my God. Yeah, that was a very go-to. Yeah. I was like, ugh. (laughs) (laughs) But then I'm like, how dare you rape somebody? Like, I don't know if that makes any sense. That's just what I was trying to get at. I was like, not, I'm not saying either, I don't, none bears more weight than the other. Because no. you are right, like, murder is, you're dead. Rape is, you have to live with it for the rest of your life. So that's a terrible thing, but mm-hmm. you still have a life to live. I don't know. They're both very wrong, but I find it interesting how it seems like when we see a murder on the screen, we're like, big deal. But we see a rape, and we're like, Jesus Christ! Yeah. And I think it does have to do with some of the taboo. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's just, that'd be an interesting, like, thing to get someone who knows a lot about, like, psychology, Mm -hmm. especially with, like, cinema and stuff. Because I don't, I literally, there are not a lot of, like, horror films do not get me on death. And Mm -hmm. I think it's because a lot of them are just cheesy as fuck. Probably. Uh, sometimes, like, uh, war movies and things will get me, mm-hmm. or a death in a drama film, I'm like, no! Yeah. But in a horror film, I'm like, fuck, whatever. Well, in a horror film, you go into knowing that that could happen. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Especially if it's a slasher film, obviously. Exactly. You go into it going, this is going to happen. So then when you see something like a rape on screen, and you were in it, like, like I, I spit on your grave, doesn't, they rape her in that, and like. Like, yeah. that's really... But then I, I still kind of like that movie because she comes back and fucks them all over. Well, and here's one thing. People say that horror movie actors and people that act in horror, they don't get, a, they don't get like, Grammys and nominations mm-hmm. and things because I don't think they're ever going to put that up on the big, like, ooh. You but, played such a good murderer uh, and you when, are such a good victim. Yeah, but that I rape do scene think... and I spit on your grave. yeah. I could never act that out. Mm-mm. There is no way. You could say, we'll pay you this. I'll be like, no, this is too uncomfortable. I'm not doing this. Mm-hmm. They do it and make it so believable. I'm like, oh my God, you have it... to fucking, that's got to give you some PTSD in itself. I literally know that it happened, but I, I can't tell you how. I ha- like, I can't picture it in my head if that tells you anything. With what? And I spit on your grave. I can't picture it at all. 
Oh. But I know that it happened, and I know that it's, it was really a, disturbing. We watched it together, and we a, did an episode on it. I, I've seen the movie a couple times. It's a terrible scene. But basically. I literally feel like I've blocked that out, because I can't even picture it in my head. The worst part about that rape scene to mm-hmm. me is the sheriff and his boys have mm-hmm. their way with her. Then the mentally handicapped kid who doesn't want to, but mm-hmm. they talk, you know, does it. And it was just like, oh, my God. Yeah. Who is I? Who is that actor? I don't I, remember. I got to look her up real quick. But, yeah. I swear. I, know, like, I got to. So yeah. those things are just are really difficult. I think part of it is because we don't see it all the time. I think. And I don't want to. <laughs> But I, I mean, like I said, I hear about it all the time. Like, so. Sarah Butler. Yeah, but what does she play in Sarah Butler? Her main movie is I Spit on Your Grave, is what it said. She's also been in Explore the Sun Bunch Explodes. Of, bunch of TV stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, she, I think, yeah, man, um, she did a good job with that film because I, any actor who can get raped, holy fuck. Um, there ain't no way, man. I always felt like anything dark and spooky that I, cause I was like a little actor and class, I did like acting classes and, um, there was this one thing that our acting teacher had a couple of us girls do and it was about. It was a real thing, a real story that was kind of written into this little, it was a really one act play. It was like 20 minutes and we bounced around. Like we didn't move. We all just sat there and we said our lines and we told our stories like together and the stories happened by the same person, like the same person committed these crimes, but it was several girls and it was about these little girls who'd been like, or these young girls who'd been like raped and murdered. And my mom was Jesus. like, "Jesus, this is in your high school yeah, class." Yeah, and um, my mom like could not finish watching me up there. Like it was so disturbing. I don't blame her. <laughs> and so like that was so hard, and like the lines were rough. And I so I did that one, and then I turned around and did a little comedy bit. And, like, everybody was like, you're so funny. Like, they thought that, like, that was the most amazing thing I did all night, even though I got up there and I talked about, like, being raped and murdered. And people, like, what the hell did you just do? I dropped a battery on the table. <laughs> I thought a balloon popped. And I was, like, an earthquake? I was like, is there a balloon in here? <laughs> anyway, so, like, all these people are like, you're so good. And I think it's the same thing. Like, people don't, they're like, ooh, that was really dark. And I didn't enjoy, uh, like, experiencing that so i'm gonna say that that wasn't talent and i'm gonna say this is talent and i kind of think that that's what happens with horror movies because those actors like they have to do some shit yeah i mean you you have two distinct differences like american horror story 1984 very cheesy goofy slasher film Mm -hmm. slasher films for the most part you know they're just screams and somebody kills her it's cheesy fun Now, on the other end, you get films like uh, The Last House on the Left, uh, Mm -hmm. I Spit on Your Grave, uh, Necromantica, these Mm -hmm. crazy, weird, sexualized films. It's like, um, what? (laughs) You know? Yeah. But I think, I don't know. I think that begs to ask the question is, could you 
be desensitized to it if you watched I'm it. I'm sure enough. you could. That's kind of scary <laughs> mm-hmm. to think about. Because I've always been, I've always sat on the fence of, the side of the fence of, I could watch anything and it doesn't change me. Mm-hmm. But it probably does to a degree. Yeah. I think everything we watch changes every every little aspect of ourselves. Mm-hmm. So I don't think you want to get desensitized to murder or rape. I have been desensitized to murder on the big screen, but I've seen so many horror movies. But I've been desensitized, I guess, in the way of like, not that I would go create, uh, do these heinous acts, because the horror movies I watch are cheesy as shit. Yeah, like I, I definitely feel desensitized to like, because we watch shit like Maniac and, you know, really. What do you mean? Maniac's a fucked up film. Oh, well, <laughs> I think it's campy. You're weird. Um, campy my ass. But then I like. You like all these fucked up crazy films. You're the one that's going to be the psycho killer. I'm anyway. like, Friday the 13th and a Nightmare on Elm Street. And you're like, I like things like. A tourist trap and maniac, which are like uncannibal holocaust. Yeah, you're fucked up. Cannibal furox. Yeah, I love my cannibal movies. And and those cannibal films you like have fucking outrageous, in the bad sense of outrageous rape scenes. Yeah, actually, that one in Cannibal Holocaust that was rough. Where they take that stone and they're like, Green Inferno. Ugh, yeah, ugh, yeah, all of it, man. I'm um, like, no, dude, I don't like that stuff. <laughs> yeah, um, but like, but like, then I listen to like crime stories, and like, I don't know how to explain it. Like, I know one time you were like, you do not feel empathy for those people. You don't know them, and I'm like, no, I do. Like, sometimes I hear these stories, and I'm like, oh my god. Like, I think you're putting words in my mouth. I never. Remember. We did have the argument one time. No, you told me I didn't. There, you were like, there's no way that you could feel sad for those people. You don't even know them. We had this argument one time. And I was I'm like, not going to debate it. Maybe we did. I was probably a couple beers deep. I think probably. I can't remember. But I just remember being like, no, I, I, I do. Like, I also love playing the devil's advocate. You're so. the worst like, at that. Like, I will argue things Well, you're that the I don't best even... at it, but you're the worst because of it. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, no, I... Um, I like so, like I was listening to a case today that like I don't I wasn't like sad for the victims that sounds horrible, I was so sad for the mom I was like oh why wouldn't you be sad for the victims I was I was sad for the victims you just said I like, wasn't sad for the victims that would be horrible like that was the exact words that came I know that sounds I, I worded that poorly said, it didn't I didn't I didn't think before I spoke <laughs> yeah and now you're gonna get quoted and ruined <laughs> nobody listens to me anyway um like it, like the story later. was sad that's what everyone says but 20 years later someone's gonna find this episode and you're gonna be running for Congress and they're gonna be like uh, Lacey when you were 23 years old you made a statement that I don't feel sad for the victims that would be horrible and I'll be like can you quote some of my other <laughs> fucked up shit that I said because I've said some bad stuff on those episodes so just keep it coming buddy um no like the story of the about the girls was sad but it was like the, the their their story was so unknown you didn't know what happened to them they just disappeared I don't know if that makes sense so like the only I think you should just stop no so but then like there there's been a ton of people that have contacted this mother that said that they were her missing daughters and like you know like so the whole story was sad but the part that really got me was that people were doing that to this mom 
because she didn't know. She has no idea what happened to her daughters and where they are and who took them and if they're alive, if they're dead. So like, yeah, it's sad for the girls, but I felt worse for the mom because she was the one that was having to like tell the story. I know that doesn't make sense to you, but like I was, oh, I was hearing her perspective we don't know what happened to the girls. Like some people theorize that the biological dad just took them to a country to raise them. Like, <sighs> and then other people were like, they were sex trafficked. Like we, there was all just theories, but the mom was the one that like, you were hearing like her raw story. And that was sad. I don't know. I get it. I don't know how to explain it to make me not sound like an asshole. Don't ever run for office. Cause it's just going to be ripped apart. <laughs> That's fine. I should edit this part out. But I'm going to leave it. You can just leave it. Um, I should never run for office anyway, because I'd get up there and it'd be like, listen up, motherfuckers. Hey, you wouldn't. You'd be like, I'm <laughs> Leslie Nope. Well, I would say it in like a very Leslie Nope attitude with a nice pantsuit, but I would definitely be like, you don't fucking listen to me, and I'm going to fucking tell you what's what. So, okay. would you recommend watching 1984 or no? Even though I got really, really sidetracked and a lot of different things? Yeah. Yes. Okay, cool. <laughs> I want to talk about a film real quick that I watched that's not horror. Okay. The Peanut Butter Falcon. <gasps> was it good? Until the end. Oh, no. I didn't like the ending. It was anticlimactic oh, okay. to yeah. me. And very, I don't know. But I think that that's, I wanted the different ending. And I think they wanted you to want the different ending. Okay. It's one of those fucked up movies. Like, uh, like Bridges of Madison County. Where you want her to go be with Clint Eastwood, but you know she needs she she needs to be with her family, like that kind of shit. Yeah. Okay. So, do you want me to explain why I didn't like it? No, because I actually really do want to watch that movie. Okay. Uh, well, you I'll, can explain. I'll, I'll put it. Can in you a, do it vague? Kind I, of. I'll put it in a vague way. He, um, the Down syndrome kid, mm -hmm. adult. He's not even a kid. Is traveling with Shiloh Bluff's character. And again, I'm terrible with character names. I don't know why I can't remember character names. And I wasn't there, so I can't tell you who's who. <laughs> and uh, the she's like a um, therapist. Like an or, ABA therapist? For... She's something at this retirement home that okay. the Down Syndrome man got dropped into. Mm -hmm. But he's like mid-20s, mm -hmm. late-20s. And he's living with people in their 80s, oh, 70s, okay. like where they go to die. And he hates it. And he wants to do his wrestling, right? Let's just say the journey in the middle consists of them. And at the end, he reaches this guy he's been like longing to meet. And this guy actually comes out and is like, oh, you know, he puts on the character, which he isn't anymore. But the ending is very you're like wow these people are actually fucked up mm -hmm. i'm picking up what you're pooping in. a couple I mean, of, a couple <laughs> of them are up fucked up down. so they put on a match for him mm -hmm. and if you've ever watched those like wwe kind of things no um have you ever seen any of those uh videos on youtube where they like put a disabled person in a wrestling match and the person who no. can actually no like like an high school wrestling like, oh, okay and like there's a very oh, and famous they let one. them win yeah. kind of a thing yeah okay yep well his opponent is just a dick 
fuck him. <laughs> yeah, he's like, so I'm already spilling it to you. So his opponent is like, fuck you, retard. <gasps> like all these no! disparaging, <laughs> gross things. And you expect like, and the other people are like, hey, man, come on, dude, don't go so hard. Because he's like a giant versus this smaller Down syndrome guy. And just saying these gross, disgusting things. Which is particularly horrible because part of being Down syndrome is like they're like innately kind, generally. Like, like that's like literally part of being Down syndrome is like you're just good. (laughs) And that wasn't my problem with the end of the movie. I was like, I get it. You're showing that people who appear to be individuals on TV might actually not be that great and might actually (laughs) not care about their fan base. And might just be pieces of trash. Like, I get I, what you're going for. Yeah. That wasn't my problem with the end of the movie. You'll and watch... So sometimes you shouldn't meet your idols because you'll no, be disappointed. No, because his, his idol isn't... No. Oh. His idol's fine. Oh, okay. His idol's totally understanding. It's this... It's this other fuck. Fucking dumbass guy. But... It's such a real movie till the end, and then it's not real. And that's where I was like... So... This guy... Is not, he's strong. Mm-hmm. I don't even want to use this term, but I think the movie plays upon it because there are a couple scenes where he gets super strong. So I know exactly what you're talking about. Cause... The term retard strength, yep. which is very like I don't want to say it, but I think they play on that yeah. term, which. I don't like I don't agree with the term. I think it's disgusting. And it's supposed to be like a stereotype to make people with disabilities sound like monsters. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah, I but, but I do. but I've heard it so many and I've also heard it tried to be used as a compliment. Yeah, and they and get I'm like, kind well, of well, if you're going to gets... use it as a compliment, can you at least come up with a different term for it? The movie gets kind of lost with that because there are a few scenes where our Down syndrome man gets really strong all of a sudden. And um, so I'm like, at the end of the film, he does an act that's like, that's impossible, mm-hmm. what he did. But he does it, and that's fine. I mean, okay. It's not that part. Well, that part kind of bothered me. I was like, I was all into it until that. I was like, whoa. Mm -hmm. And then the whole ending kind of just, I was like, really? Like, I I get it. It's like they didn't know how to end the film. Mm -hmm. They were like, well, we want a sad ending. And we want a happy ending. We're going to mesh them together and let it come out as it does. Mm-hmm. And let the audience decide. But other than that, I love three-fourths of the movie. Okay. The ending was the only thing I had a problem with. And Would not you even... recommend it to me? Yeah. I'd okay. recommend it to watch to anyone because it teaches, I think throughout it teaches that um, people with disabilities are people mm-hmm. and I always try and like get that through people's minds. Oh like, my God. I've worked with, uh, kids. I... And so have you, of uh, like, 
I was struggling with this very subject today. I was getting very mad. And (laughs) I've worked with kids, adults, and things of this nature that Mm -hmm. are not, they might not even seem their, like their brain to some people is, oh, it's just mush. It's like, no, it's not. Like, you don't understand. You don't know. You have no idea what's in there. Mm -hmm. So how about you shut up and just get the fuck out of here? That's, I don't like the word retard. No, I hate that word. I don't even like saying disabled either, but it's like the nicer word, I guess. But even like, I'm like, these people aren't disabled. They just have, they just are different. Yeah. They're just different from me and you. Oh yeah. But they have their strengths and their weaknesses just like me and you. But I hate, I hate, I'm going to go off on a tangent. Do not treat people, whether they're special needs or just, you know, maybe they can't walk or whatever it is. Like, I mean, that is a special need. But when I think of special needs, I think of, like, educationally. They're still fucking people. And don't baby them. Like, they are human beings. And you are treating them like they're children. Like, or not everybody. But, like, I was no, trying to have this conversation today and explain, like, There's a select few individuals that... Will go. They almost talk to them like they're, they're babies. Babies, whether like, they're no. two or twenty-two, like you or need... sixty. It yeah. drives me fucking nuts. <laughs> you know this about me. I hate that no, because I... you are limiting their capabilities when you do that. And you're you also you wouldn't want them your capabilities box. exactly. You wouldn't want your capabilities limited. You wouldn't want somebody to make assumptions about you and put you into a box. So don't do it about these other people. Yeah, yeah. I'm. I've always been a um, an advocate of talk to them mm-hmm. like the age they are. Well, and if I got... they're a younger individual with special needs, mm-hmm. five, six. I don't care if you talk. You don't have to talk to them like they're an adult. Talk to them like you talk to any five, six. Yeah. Don't treat them differently based upon their disability. Treat them of their age. Like if they're 22, treat them like they're 22. If they're Even five, if you think they like don't understand. Five. But do not treat a 22-year-old like a five-year-old. Mm-hmm. And I was getting really mad today because this person that I was talking to said, well, I don't like these people, these kids to be together because when they make eye contact, then they all get riled up and start screaming. And I was like, yeah, like boy, like boys their age do. So we're not going to let them interact at all. We're just going to... Like I was getting so mad at the way that they were being spoken about because I was like, they're just kids. <laughs> and maybe they can't talk. And maybe one of them can't walk. But they're they're boys and they're all the same age and they're buddies. And yeah. you're literally going to, you're treating them like I did not like that. And I was getting really mad. No, I get it. And, but, and like I was saying, I don't like giving words value. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, I've always been the person that says a word is a word. Um, you, ha- you give it the power. The context mm-hmm. that you put it in gives it the power. But by s- just saying the word. Doesn't inherently make you evil. I like. I hate when people say you can't say a word. It is a word. Mm-hmm. If you say it in a disparaging way, totally agree. If you say it in an exp- explanatory way, like, um, I, for instance, I know exactly what you're saying. Yeah, like, like you, because people do say retard to be mean, but it is also a medical term. 
like to be like and they I mean most people have gotten away from it but you still will read it in textbooks and things about people with being mentally retarded yeah and it like makes me cringe every time I read it because like but it shouldn't but the only reason it does is because I've mostly only heard it in a really negative context and not in just a factual context and so I really hate it because I'm like, I know the purpose of the term because I work with kids on like the spectrum and I work with people, you know, that have, that are, they learn differently or they but understand things differently. The moment you take that word mm-hmm. and you turn it into a disparaging word, a word that's like, you give the power to the word yeah. for your own insult. That's when I'm like, you need to shut up. Yeah. Well, and that's why, you know, how I was talking to you today and I was having a hard time with the way somebody was treating this child. And I was like, well, we're treating them like they're a baby and they're not a baby. And that's, they're, you know, they're probably already going through an awkward times period in their life because they're a teenage boy and blah, 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 blah. And that's why I was having a hard time with it because I was like, stop it. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> no, no, I agree, man. And so that's why I get really mad. And I hate when people are like, well, I've worked with these kinds of people. And I'm like, you mean you've worked with people? You've worked with kids? So have I. Like, it just makes me mad. And I'm like, when I hear these kinds of people, like that was a phrase I heard today. And I almost lost my shit for because... just a moment. But I was like, I need to keep my composure. Yeah, because what does that say about, I mean, people in general? Like, I mean, I do get it. There mm-hmm. are these kinds of people. But when you're going to use that term about that type of person, you need to realize that you're a type of person too, you <laughs> idiot. Exactly. Like, you think you're all smart and great and... Yeah. Nah, you're a type of... Per- Everyone is a type of person to mm-hmm. someone. Yeah. I totally agree. And so I was just getting really mad. And, like, that's a very touchy subject to me because, I mean, you know why. Like, I don't even have to explain it to you. It's just very personal to me. I love working with people um, who are special needs. They are my favorite people to work with generally because I think that um, because a lot of people with special needs have endured really shitty stuff. Mm-hmm. And I think that they're very empathetic generally because I think that that makes them stronger and I know I'm putting them into a category myself but I'm like I really do feel that way I don't know how to explain it like I and I also really like enjoy like kids with autism like some people make kids with autism out to sound awful and I'm like they're fucking funny because they're literal and direct and just great. Like, that. you need, you should, instead of, like, picking apart and be like, oh, my God, I can't believe how literal. Like, I, I don't know. Like, I just. God, I seen a quote the other day. From, oh, I thought you were getting irritated with me. And no, I was like, no, I like so people with autism. Funny. It was like, it was this, it was a guy who worked in special needs. And he was talking about this very thing of, like, how literal they are. Yeah. And he was like, I don't know how to take this as an insult or just the way he thinks. Uh-huh. But he said. What did he say? He's like, we'll just make up two names. So John's the special ed educator or whatever he is. Mm-hmm. And Tom is the special ed person. Mm-hmm. The person that, and, and John, John, right? 
I, I even forget my own names. I it's already Simon forgot your own names too because they're not actual John people. And, and I, I think I know what you're talking about. John and so Tom. So I'm having a hard time. So John is, is the quote unquote regular person, which mm-hmm. no one's regular. And quote unquote Tom the is the special ed person, quote unquote. Everyone's like their own person. Mm-hmm. John, Tom. John and Tom. John says... Well, Tom says to John, you're my best friend. Mm-hmm. And John, John says to Tom, says to Tom, well, thank you. Tom says to John, I don't know if that's a good thing. Maybe it's because you're my only friend. I might need more friends. <laughs> like, well, <laughs> says it like that. And when I read things like that, I'm just like, it's awesome because I've dealt with yeah, younger kids and stuff. And they're very straightforward too, but I've also they are. <laughs> dealt with um, children and adults and of that nature that are. Stop God, dropping I, that I keep thing. dropping this battery. You're a fiddler. I know, um, but of a nature that they need more help. Yeah. Well, but they both, man. Everybody has cool personalities and. But things. that's like one of my favorite kids I've ever worked with. You know exactly who this kid is because I've talked about him a million times and I'll talk about him a million more times. Uh, it was the first time he ever saw me with curly hair, and he said, "Your hair is different, Lacey." And I said, "Yeah, do you like it?" He goes, "Hmm, it looks like you just got out of bed." <laughs> and I was like, "Thanks, buddy." <laughs> hey, you know what? I appreciate that more. That's honesty, dude. He and it was like. He didn't say it to be mean. He was just like, you asked me a question and I answered. And then he like thought it was like, he thought it was awesome that I was laughing. (laughs) And like, I don't know, like I, that's one of the reasons I love working with people on the spectrum. They're just blunt and honest and it's a very, just, it's such a good quality because you don't experience that anymore. I don't know. Like even I find like today I was like gritting my teeth and smiling at somebody that was really making me mad about something that's very personal to me. Well, not even... And I don't know. So I just like... You talk about people on the spectrum, like the autism spectrum. Yeah. We're but, all on the spectrum. Well, that's fine. But <laughs> but even individuals that aren't on an autism spectrum, yeah. like traumatic brain injury mm-hmm. or anything like that, I've dealt with those people. Yeah. And they are still like fucking I, I just, amazing, I give that, man. I use that term and actually I've heard it um, explained by people that work in special education or work with people who, again, like just need a little more help. They use that term for everybody, whether you are actually autistic or somebody with like TBI or whatever it is. They Because that's that's the term they use. It's a spectrum of, of needs, basically. Gotcha. And so that's why I use that term because that's the term that I was used to using in like a work environment and so that's why i'm saying that um but yeah like i i don't know and it's near and dear to my heart and it's very important to me so then when i hear somebody else who i also can tell that it's near and dear to them but they're thinking of it in a vastly different way than i am and that is really really hard for me Mm -hmm. and so that is one of the problems i was having today is i was like fucking knock it off (laughs) (laughs) but i was like i don't want to cause a rift i need to figure out a nice way to explain this and i don't know how to do it yet (laughs) you may not know how to do it i may have to just be blunt and say listen up (laughs) we're gonna stop this at least on my watch (laughs) i don't i i'm sorry like i cannot you 
I've said it a thousand times in this episode. I think it's bullshit to treat anybody with any different need as if they are a toddler. It fucking makes me mad. <laughs> I agree. I agree. I couldn't agree more. Um, so go check out the Peanut Butter Falcon. <laughs> and it's a good movie. American Horror Story. And also, I'm watching a new TV show called uh, Mrs. America, and I think all women should watch that also. So I'm just throwing that out there. <laughs> the struggle for women's rights. Yeah, right? it's really good. It's it, so good. It's like the liberal and conservative viewpoints on it. In the 70s, and it's fucking awesome. Hey, that being said, I hope you guys <laughs> enjoyed our, our, <laughs> our very long episode on American Horror Story 1984. There you go. You're welcome. The Peanut Butter Falcon. And whatever random crap we talked about. <laughs> I know that we're like, this is the subject we're going to talk about, but I feel like it's kind of like an umbrella. like we're, and, and the movie or crime or whatever is kind of like the tip of the umbrella, but then there's a lot of other shit that the umbrella covers. We're, you know what I mean? How did American Horror Story lead into... We're like the horror, the... true crime Joe Rogans. You know what I'm saying? You yeah, have, like, yeah, I guess now. <laughs> I mean, that's slowly what our podcast is turning into. It always okay. starts with a horrific element, then ends with like real life, like another thing. I like that though. I listen to another podcast that does that, and like, I don't know. That's actually one of the main reasons I like them. So that's treat everyone with respect, dignity, no and matter. Murder. Just kidding. <laughs> no, do not murder anyone. Do not. Do not murder, rape, steal. What are the all the sins? <laughs> uh, fuck somebody's neighbor. <laughs> wow, it's adultery, right? I, yeah, I think so. You guys all have a great night. Be safe out there, and um, be kind. That's the biggest thing. Be, be kind. Rewind. Yes. <laughs> Literally. If, if VHS were still around, <laughs> I would ask everyone to be kind and rewind. Actually, I loved rewinding VHS, VHS tapes. I never got to experience that. No? Mm-mm. My mom had this VHS rewinder because the... My dad did it by hand, I believe. Your dad's crazy to do it by hand. Because I we didn't have anything. So you, we... you used to use the... V, well, early VHS players couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. Then they created VHS players that could rewind, and then the industry got really smart, and they sold these quick rewinders. Just and... like he had. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. But they were, like, shaped as, like, race cars and stuff, so it was, oh. like, super cool. So whenever we were done with the blockbuster movie, I'd grab it and, like, put it in the quick rewind, put it down and press the button, and, like, the lights would come on in the car. It was like... You know how my brother ruined our VHS player? Watched uh, Titanic too many times on the nudity scene. No, nudity. he put a sandwich in there and then didn't tell my mom about it. And my mom was like, "What was that smell?" Well, we all know how I ruined our VHS. <laughs> <laughs> when I Probably was doesn't a kid, have anything to do with I was Titanic. Rewinding, play, rewind, play, rewind, play, and I like fuck that tape and that VHS player up. Our VHS player was already the shits. So that's why I feel like I remember my dad rewinding it by hand. But then Cameron put a uh, a sandwich in there and it got moldy and we had to throw it away. I miss the days of VHS. I really do. And it would be like, la, da, 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 da. that's not the actual sound. I can't, I can hear the sound. You know, like when they were like, coming soon to DVD. When they were like slowly moving over to DVD. 
I can't, I can hear it in my head, but I can't get it to come out. But everybody knows that sound. And it sounded magical. Not everyone. Only anyone over the age of 25, I would say. I'm not over the age of 25. Yeah, that's why I'm like, you must have been just like. We were poor. <laughs> I even remember like my parents would like record stuff. And like, I thought that we were watching TV, but we were watching old VHS tapes of like friends. Because I do remember that, and I was always, like, looking at my mom, when are we going to get a DVD player? And then Blu-ray came out, and now you got, what, 4K? I don't follow it. I have a cell phone that plays Netflix. <laughs> yeah, pretty <laughs> soon nothing will be in that realm, which is sad. Because I always enjoyed the physical copies of things. But the older I get, I've realized I don't want physical anything. I don't want books. Well, that's true. Reading a real book is great, but I don't want to buy it. I want to rent it from the Mm. library and return it. Gotcha. I don't need a million books on my shelves. Things are just tangible things are so addictive in your twenties. But what this whole COVID outbreak pandemic crap has taught me is like, I save a lot of money when I don't buy stupid tangible shit. Not me. I buy lots of medical cleaning stuff. Well, that's that's not tangible, meaning like I know mean. DVDs, like CDs, dumb stuff that it's like. Like I would go to the dollar store and just buy knickknacks. Yeah, and now I'm like, <laughs> Man, you don't need any of this junk, and it saves you so much money, and it becomes you will slowly become a slave to your own possessions. And I think that's the system we're designed to be in. I know. I used to think of like, what would I save? Well, like, what items of mine would I save in a house fire? That's a weird thing to think about, but like. It was something I would think about. No, I don't think it's weird at all because I've thought about that too. And I'm like, my fucking digital camera. <laughs> the only, like, if I think about items, I'd I would, be like, I would want to save my sewing machine. But honestly, when it comes down to it, I'd be like, we got a lot of fucking animals that we got to get out of this goddamn house. Yeah, they're, not, <laughs> they're not like, they're tangible in the way you can touch them, but they're not tangible in the way that I mean it. Like, no, I know, but I'm saying like I've knick-knacks, grown, collectibles, I've grown to come even from electronics like, and stuff. Like I'm gonna go risk my ass for this fucking computer that will be obsolete anyways well, in two I'm more years. That's what I'm saying is like I've grown from somebody who was like, well, I would want to save like my cell phone and my favorite. Blah, blah, blah. And oh, now, th- that shows you how much we are addicted to just our yeah possessions. So now people can't they, even go an hour without looking at their cell phone. I little. 25 minutes. That's why, like, when we I was home for the earthquake, I was so relieved I was home for the earthquake because had I been at work, I would have, like, fucked all my responsibilities off and driven straight home to make sure the dogs were okay. <laughs> like, the, you know, our pets and you, obviously, are the most important. And so those, you know, those are the things I would obviously save. But a long time ago, it was just, like, my shit. <laughs> my favorite blankie. No kidding. Well, I no. still have that. Uh, my mom away. My mom told me something. My mom did give me one good piece of advice that I'm going to give never you. Never throw away your baby blanket? No. She was like, you should never save something for a special occasion because she had this favorite perfume and she only wore it on special occasions and she lost it in the fire that she was in. And I know that that sounds like something small. I don't have anything small. that I save for a special occasion. Well, she I think did. that's stupid. Well, like... Anyway, she It's like saying, I only save this bottle of bourbon for a special... Well, we don't save any alcohol. 
period. Marcus. Yeah, that's why we can't own a bar. <laughs> anyway, anyway, so I was I just wanted to share that. I liked that. She was like, if there's something you like, you should use it. Like, even if you want to hold on to it a little bit longer, because you never know when the last time you get to use it is. It was basically like her. One piece of good advice. No, I think that's terrible advice. I thought it was good advice. No, I think it's uh, bad. Like, I'm like a collector. Yeah, that's bullshit. Like, you know, you don't need anything but your family. Fuck yeah. all that other stuff. No, I agree. I'm just saying, like, you don't get it. give a shout out to you don't Tiffany, get what, I'm saying. <laughs> what? To Tiffany. Uh-huh. Have you seen her and her husband's bar now? Yeah. I could never. <laughs> no, we always I'm, say I that. I was looking at, like, her pictures of them playing pool in their basement, and I was like... They have a full fucking bar. Oh, my God. That's like a business. We like, buy a bottle, and it's gone in an hour. <laughs> no kidding. Like, if it lasts the next day, I'm like, wow, we were really well behaved. <laughs> like, And some people can just, like, have, like, one drink, and I'm like... Well, that's not fun. You either get fucked up or you don't do it at all. Yeah, what a waste of time. <laughs> Anyways, Fucking lightweights. I hope we didn't waste your time tonight, today, this morning, wherever and whenever you are listening to us. If you want, you can go support us on Patreon. We would greatly appreciate that that's in these crazy times. Also, this is available on Apple Podcasts, CastBox, SoundCloud, our main source, and Patreon as well. Please be safe out there. Treat everyone kindly and with respect. And that being said, you all have a great night. And don't get caught in the year 1984 being chased by Richard Ramirez or Mr. Jingles. Yep. (laughs) 